All right. Fantastic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Systems of Wealth podcast. I am your host, Noah Cronfly. And today I am joined by another very, very special guest, someone that I've gotten to actually work with, watch her work her magic in real time. It is the one, the only, it is Jackie Posada. Jackie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for Absolutely. having me. Absolutely. Super, super stoked to have you on. Like I said, I've had the pleasure to work directly with you. I've actually been, you have walked me through on a call, like how to actually get access to, I mean, I think it was like $20,000 in that business credit that you helped me get to. And I saw it happen in real time. And that really like blew my mind. It changed how I viewed money immediately. So working with you, working with your team has been an absolute pleasure. Just wanted to say thank you right off the bat. Uh, so yeah, I'm very, very excited to talk to you today to get into your journey as an entrepreneur business you're working on right now, just like how you've gotten to where you are in general. Like I said, I mean, I've gotten to, you know, see a little bit behind the scenes of what you work on, but you know, I'm super excited just to kind of uncover a lot of that stuff today, but where I always like to start with these podcasts is a sort of like the question I like to queue up is like, when people ask you what you do, like, what do you say your official title is? Like, well, how do you usually describe like, uh, you know, it's funny because you know how everybody talks about the elevator pitch. And you yes. Know, right. Your little 15 second little spiel. Right. I don't know. I guess I would have to say, um, you know, I used to, you know, my, my husband would be, he used to say I was like the queen bee when it came to business mm-hmm. and business credit. Um, yep. And then somebody said, you know, you're the, the business credit genie, and that sort of thing. And, and I don't know, I guess I just kind of put myself now, the more I think about it, it's, it's more like a strategist. I feel like I'm a strategist and okay. kind of helping you get from where you are if you're not in business and right. don't have credit all the way to let's, let's build up a business and get you some money to, to work. That's so. right. I, I really like that strategist. That's really cool. And where did that, so like your journey into business credit and sort of building the business that you have now, like, did you get your kind of start in like the financial space? Like, how did you find business credit? Yeah, I did. I actually, you know, I did the typical, you know, I have a double degree business and criminal justice. I always thought I went to law school and and that never happened. Um, Yeah. So I, I got a job with what is now, what what is now Wells Fargo, the original back in the day first union, then they became Wachovia. Mm-hmm. And being the fact that I'm Latina, um, being bilingual, I actually worked with a lot of the higher net worth clients oh, all right. in Miami and New York and that sort nice. of thing. And um, believe it or not, um, you know, I worked out of an office and everything, but then, you know, they were, that's the cool thing was, is Wachovia was very um, technology forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wells Fargo went backwards, but anyway, <laughs> they actually were like, Hey, you guys, since you mostly do your stuff over the phone, you know, we're going to let the top, top producers go work from home. Okay. You know, this is back in 90, 97. I mean, wow, all right. 7, 98, 99. I mean, it's like unheard of people. When I said I work from home, they're like, what? Yeah. You know, right. It's totally different because we didn't have to have a special room. I, they came in from like the tech area to check, make sure it, my internet oh, was on my computer. It was kind of yes, crazy right. because of all the things I had at home from the bank. But of course, um, needless to say, it, it caught no. Um, I've always been in sales, but that always brought me the idea of working from home. I loved it. And mm-hmm. so I, I dabbled in, in businesses while I did that with my husband and things like that. Yep. Um, but I'd always been uh, entrepreneur minded, you know, as a kid, right. I, I would sell stuff and mm-hmm. And loan my brothers and sisters money with the interest rate, <laughs> different stuff like that. But um, always been somehow with with the financial type side. And then again, I actually was kind of pushed 
into entrepreneurship because okay. whenever uh, Wells Fargo took over, yep. um, you know, we would have to go into the office like once a month. Then it became every other week. Then it mm. became, every, then after a while, I was like, hey, we're pulling everybody into back, in back the, into yeah. the bank. Right. And, uh, you know, I had my, my daughters were preemies. And, and so I was like, you know, you know, let me take a leave of absence. And I took a leave of absence and I never went back. All right. All right. It was uh, 18 years ago. And so, Man, um, Jackie. you know, and, and learning and wow. knowing all these things about, you know, how the, the wealthy view money and credit mm-hmm. and things like that. It, it kind of, you know, I made some mistakes in my entrepreneurship journey that I did not take advantage of the things that I knew mm. because I was too busy running a business as a mom and pop idea. Right. And so when, you know, I was in, in the construction services industry with my husband, okay. you know, we basically used a lot of our own credit, our own money, did everything we're not supposed to do. Right. <laughs> and just cause you know, it was a construction boom and I had opportunity to get all this business and that sort of thing. So, you know, everything was great. And uh, you know, the, the bubble burst in, in real estate and in construction. Mm. And, you know, we were left to people owed us, oh, wow. probably, you know, close to over, over $375,000. Oh, goodness. Um, and so, you know, I was blessed because I never, you know, I never touched really any of our major uh, investments or things like okay. that. But it, yep. it, it was a, you know, it hurt a lot. That's a, a sizable amount. Ma- yeah, of course. And, uh, but it, because I still Sheesh. was smart enough with money, not, not to let that, but I did learn the lesson where, Whatever business I ever start, I would always build credit so that I could have leverage it and use that rather than my own money. So yes, yes. So that's kind of where where it kind of evolved, and then from there, I actually again came from the construction work uh, industry. Uh, being Latina, um, I had a lot of connections in the roofing and construction, and um, so I started doing um, helping the Latinos start their businesses, their LLCs, talk them about, you know, banking credit and, um, you know, as a marketing. And I did that for, for a while. Um, my mom got sick. And so I didn't want to travel as much because I was traveling yep. a lot. All right. um, and then just uh, kind of evolved into the online space, really uh, around COVID time before yeah. I used to have an office and in town and, and dealt with more local people. I had a few people, you know, outside, uh, but then when COVID hit, I kind of said, what am I going to do to pivot? I don't, I'm not an online person. Don't have big time social media. None of that. I said, Hey, let me just join a bunch of groups that yes. teach and, <clears throat> and want to help people in the same idea. And all I did was I never would try to, Hey, you know, let me give you a consultation charge or anything. I just answer their question and we'll right. just provide value. Said, yeah. yeah. I just started, um, you know, giving value, answer questions. And then within probably, Within about 10 days, I started getting people, hey, can you help me with my business credit? Hey, can you? And then it kind of just really grew um, to more of an online virtual to the point where, uh, you know, after COVID and everything, you know, I still have my office, but I hardly ever go. (laughs) I've actually been in Florida for a little over a year, but heading back here at the end of the month, um, working with, uh, you know, several clients. I do what we call white label. Yes. I do a lot of white labeling and I have a client here that, you know, really, you know, changed my business uh, huge because of her following. She really wanted somebody mm. to help her with the business credit. She'd paid somebody to do, paid a lot of money and said, hey, send me a couple of files. This is what I'll charge, blah, blah, blah. I did them. She saw, and then here we are. 
probably 600 clients later. My know, goodness. In, in less than two years. Oh and, my uh, goodness, Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, this is yeah. so rad. It is. It's, it's cool. My it's goodness. Really cool. And, and we actually, um, believe it or uh. not, she's younger than I am, but <laughs> she is, uh, she knows that, that I love the automation systems yes. and processes, that whole idea kind of like yes. you. And so we have, um, we do offer a lot of automation and uh, online, uh, you know, kind of helping you to set your processes. And um, so the goal is to really, um, I really want to expand the white label piece and, and okay. kind of get out from it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to kind of, you know, I have a grandson now. He's a year. Oh, and, wow. All right. Yeah, Congratulations. He's a year and, um, six months. And so I want to spend more time with him. Of course. So, Oh my goodness. There's so much there that I want to unpack. First yeah, off, like that was when you and I were first got connected, I think it was in, <laughs> maybe it was last year or 20, maybe it was like yeah, beginning, it was the end of 2020. 20, yeah, so yeah. that was when we were first getting together and I knew it because I think at the time, like you were just still kind of getting your, you know, getting like building the muscle around like the online business space. And that's where, you know, my, my partner and I were Lewis when, when we were helping you or working on it together. And I just knew it. Like I knew when I met you, I was like, well, she's just an expert. Like she is so good at what she does. And once she learns this space, it's just going to take off. And now, like you said, uh, you know, a year, a year or in some change later and 600 clients later, like that's bananas. Jack. That's just with her really realistically total my with goodness. all my, my, the team and stuff, probably class uh, close to a thousand. I think we'll finish. I knew it. I knew you were going to blow up. I knew it then. Yeah. I just knew it. You're such a superstar. You're so good at what you do. And like, I've been able to witness it and experience it. Yeah. So yeah. good for you. You deserve it. That's so awesome. Yeah. I'm Thanks. so, so happy for you. Um, all right. So some of the stuff I want to unpack with you, let's start with just like some of the basic, like, let's go to like, let's start with like personal credit. Like what are some of the like basics kind of do's and don'ts for someone that's like just getting started. Cause that idea of like getting access to credit and leveraging it to like scale your business is a very sort of, it, it's a difficult concept for some people to wrap yeah, their head around. Right, I know it exactly. was for me. They don't understand it. Right, right. Right. It's just like, it's very hard to like with no context <clears throat> behind it. So yeah, I would love to just like kind of hear your take on like your perspective of like just some of the basics when it comes to like getting started. You know, um, that, that's the thing, you know, especially, you know, my, my age and generation and stuff, you know, our parents taught us that, you know, credit was bad cash right. and, and uh, cash is king. That's sort Saber of thing. cash. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ultimately cash is going to help you get the credit you need. Right. Yes. But don't blow all your cash doing that. So, right. um, and for me is, is when they kind of, what I did for my girls is when they were, you know, every, a lot of the things that I do, personal credit and business credit, um, my family and myself, we're, we're our own guinea pigs. <laughs> I kind of tested out on ourselves. Yes, first. right. So, um, you know, I, I did the, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, put your kids on your credit cards when they're 15 or 16. I'm like, eh. And so when they were, you know, it's about, um, they were 16, they wanted a bank account. So I set up a bank account, checking yep. and savings. And then I, what I did is instead of adding them to a credit card of mine, um, I actually said, hey, let me put some money into a, a secured uh, credit card. And so I got them, like, I got like a $500 credit card. I nice. gave them each one. Yep. And I said, Hey, um, if you, you know, use it, let me know what you're using it for. If it's something I feel that your dad and I will pay for it. If mm -hmm. it's something that you kind of, then you guys will have to pay for it. But right. the key was, you know, to each of them to not spend more than, you know, like a hundred dollars each yep. uh, right. per month, that sort of thing. Cause we, you know, the, the key is that, and then just learn <laughs> how to manage it. What happens is when you first get a credit card, you just go out and buy things, right? Buy right. clothes, you know, go and just go crazy with that. 
um, you know, credit card is great. If you have a $10,000 credit card and you're like, hey, I got a potential to maybe start this vending machine business or some other sort of business and take that $10,000 and use it for that. If you've already know that, hey, I know that in 30 days I'm going to have enough to make the payment, but maybe be able to really put a big chunk down. Right. So that that's what credit is for is to use it for those sort of things. Mm. And of course, it, once you learn it, you can use it for day-to-day expenses so that you can travel for free and that yes. sort of thing. So right. take advantage of all those perks. What we see ideally though happens is that they get one, two, three credit cards. And by the time it snowballs, they've spent, you know, three, four, $5,000 on just yeah. stuff, right. right? Nothing to show for it, stuff. And so then they ruin their credit. So I really feel like, you know, as, as a youngster, you know, like with my kids, even now they, they're, you know, grown 19, almost mm-hmm. 20, and they are very good stewards of their credit. I mean, they know, you know, they use it, but they, they're very smart with how they use it. So great. Um, I think if, uh, the, the key being is, is to use it for something that you, you know, that you're going to be able to pay it back. Yes. And it's something that could potentially be a, a positive in your future. Right. Oh, I love that. And I think you taking the time to like, show your kids that and teach your kids that is gives them such a leg up because I didn't realize it, like how much it like having good credit, quote unquote, good credit, like really opens your doors of so much, like in the, just the financial space. And what you said, I really like is like what I learned from you. And what I learned sort of going down that route a lot was like, I want to protect my cash on hand and my liquidity. Cause it does give me the opportunity to like make certain decisions or just gives you like peace of mind knowing that it's there. But, and I loved using credit or viewing credit as like my buffer, like against these expenses and using it, like not paying for things directly, but it also does give you an like in a leverage kind of advantageous position to either make a decision that like you, you want to, you know, you still want to protect your liquid position. You want to maybe make a decision that you feel like you're going to be able to pay it back. But I think the big distinction and you touched on it is like, Rather than using that credit that you have access to to then go and buy essentially liabilities, right? Clothes and things that aren't and that, you know going to make you more money. Like if I use that to go and invest in a business, to start a business, go invest in skills that allow me to then go and turn that into you know more cash and just continue to roll that up. But I think, again, I think it's difficult for some people just to conceptualize that of like getting access to this. And I just think we have, a, for the most part, we just have a poor relationship with money or at least how we define what money really is. And it's like getting access to it. It's just like, you know, we want to spend it. Like, that's just the way that we are wired. It's like, I have access to this. I'm just going to spend it and I'm going to deal with this later. But then you put yourself in a really unfortunate position. You ruin your credit and then you're immediately just like in the red. And it really, really hinders like any sort of chance you have at being in a good financial position at that point. Yeah. You know, that that's the thing with credit. But now there's so many, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I have bad credit. I won't be able to start a business. I can't get new credit cards and stuff. And a lot of people concerned. I want to get, you know, all this negatives deleted and things like that. And there's so many yeah. strategies that when you are, let's say you did mess up and you messed up your credit, and you're trying to rebuild it so that you can start a business or grow your business is to always um, again, go with, you know, try to stay below 10% utilization yes. on your credit cards at all times. And then the the biggest uh, the biggest thing that has uh, really given an aha moment to literally all my clients is not not the statement due date is more important than the uh, or, excuse me statement closing date is more important important than the statement due date. Interesting. Two different. Most people don't understand that. Yeah. And this is something probably in the last year I've really really studied. Okay. And I noticed. 
in the scores and things like that. Okay, so on the statement closing date, yes, that is the day, whatever you have on your credit card that day. Let's say you have a credit card limit of five thousand dollars. Yeah. And on that day, you owe three thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. On that day, that's what it's going to report to the credit bureaus that you owe three thousand dollars, which is sixty percent utilization, which is going to bring your score way down. Right. The statement closing date it just says that you made that payment before it was due. They don't report it or anything uh, unless you're overdue or oh, overdue. Okay. Right. So the the most important date you need to remember is the statement closing date. Closing date. Yes. Interesting. And your oh. which which one of those usually, is sort of you're usually pretty close by. What now? What was your which question? one of those is negotiable? Can't you change your due both, date? They're pretty oh, much you can change both of them? they're pretty negotiable, but they're pretty okay. much going to be within two to three days of the same day every month. Okay. Okay. That but sense. that's the thing is people think, oh, but I made my payment. I paid it down to like zero or $500, right. you know, on my statement closing date. But I'm like, mm. no, it doesn't matter that what the reported was when you owe 3000. So that's, oh. you, you, that's the date that I, that, that we learned. And that's the date that, that um, you really, the, that's the most important date that we, we, we've worked with several clients that, they had, they did the utilization. They were still paying them down on the statement um, due date. They were doing everything. I said, let's do this for two months back to back. And their scores went up like 55 points. Goodness. Just wow. on the utilization. Which is wild too. Like the, the idea or being able to boost your score up like that really can make such a massive difference in your ability to borrow the interest rates that you're getting, just the access of credit that you can continue to get. Like the deeper the that I've got. Is the biggest key. It's so, Okay. Utilization is the big one. That's like, and what's interesting about business credit that I, you know, that I didn't realize back in the day, but obviously I know now and that I learned is that your utilization on business credit does not report on your personal credit side. No, right? not if, not if, you know, if you if it's set up as as a just kind of a personal guarantee. Yeah, yeah. I think the only one that does, if I'm not mistaken, is the Spark Card by Capital One. Okay, I believe okay. if I'm not mistaken, but uh, yeah, so it doesn't reflect. So again, build your personal credit. Then you yep. you have that leverage. You can start building in your business credit, and then yep. you know you can always you know go back and forth between the two. Um, but that that's been the key is, is the utilization mm-hmm. is is probably 35 percent of your credit score. Yep. Your payment history, which is should be at, at ninety nine or hundred percent. Yeah. And again, if you have uh, during COVID. You know, we'd had all those times where people didn't have to pay their mortgage or the rent or this or yep. that, but you know, you still have, you still owe it, whether it's now or tomorrow, you still owe it yep. so that, you know, if you missed the payment, once you got it situated, then it's going to show you in arrears and you need to do some goodwill letters, that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. those are really the, the biggest things that most people don't realize is, is the age of the credit is important. Yes. So if you are reestablishing your credit and, um, don't have anyone that possibly has a, a credit card that's been aged that, that is willing to put you as an authorized user, um, then you're, there's ways you can purchase trade lines to put on your credit for right. a couple of months to build up your score. Right. But right. the thing is, is people think if they, if they, if I had them on my, as an authorized user, they could rule my credit. No, because you don't give them a credit card. You just add their name. Yeah. So, hmm. Okay. I like that. What, what are some of your, um, what are some of your favorite, like, 
call them creditors to like build relationships with? Like some of the banks, like who do you like to, you know, for oh, somebody my, that maybe just getting started? My favorite bank of all time is Navy Federal. Navy Federal. Yep. Navy you got Federal, me. That's who I got hooked up with that's through my you. Yep. Go to for just about anything personal business. Yep. Then next, I would have to be really realistically, I love any local bank yes or local credit union within your like city or state yes um you know those are ideal if you have to go with the big big banks i would stay chase would have to be my favorite yep you know i over wells fargo bank of america forget it wells fargo forget it <laughs> i would have to say chase yep um and then some of the other regional banks you know right. like citizen choice things like that uh but i still love my credit unions and, and navy federal yes and, you know, something that I learned from you too, like that idea of, and I really do like want to make this a big point, like the idea of building a relationship with a local bank, somebody that like you actually go into and you build a relationship with and you show face. Like, I know there's so many people that never do that. And like when I moved to Texas and I had, I think I had like three or four credit unions right around my apartment and I went in, I made like an account with everybody, I put in some money and just made a relationship because you just don't know, like if you find yourself in a pinch something comes up like that relationship and them knowing you and understanding your business and your history and what you're all about could really save you in a certain position. I yep, mean, like you exactly. might be thinking in doomsday sense, but like you want to have that stuff there. Like if you need it, like that is such a massive thing that I learned from you. Yeah. Yeah. Having multiple banks is always good. Not always having it at one place. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, I had a client call me and she says, you know, they told me at the first citizens they're trying to get me a business car loan based on what, you know, you, you guys have helped us build. And, and they're saying, I have to bring all my money over. I was like, you can tell them you brought it over. You, that mean you got to bring it all over. <laughs> Say, this is all the money I got. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, don't close because, oh, they want me to close. I'm like, they don't have to know you didn't close your accounts. I mean, right. uh, you know, put, you know, divided amongst different ones. So I always tell people it's always good to have multiple banks. Yes. Yep. Yep. I learned that from you too. It just feels like, I don't know what, I don't know how to like, it's just like a, a fortified position is the way that I explain it. Like just almost like mitigating risk, having your like different relationships in different places, like having different creditors, having my cash on hand in different banks. It just, I, for whatever reason, like it felt like you have a stronger infrastructure, you have more options and like protecting that optionality to me was like such a big position with just yep. like being an entrepreneur and having like designated for accounts for specific reasons. Like I've always believed in that too. And again, I've learned that so much from you. So, okay. I want to, um, there's two big areas that I want to go into. And I almost feel like let's go back a little bit to like your relationship with money, sort of like growing up and sort of how it's evolved over time. Like, what was it like growing up? I mean, you said like you sort of had that entrepreneur spirit. Like, who did you learn that from? Did you have like mentors? Did you like seeking no, books? My, um, you know, my again, I was um, I'm Latina. My parents had great. You know, I had when I was a little girl in South America. I lived there till I was I was born here, but I because my dad played soccer. Okay, and I moved to Colombia and lived there till I was like wow, eight. Or nine. Okay, but my mom. Whenever I was born here, the lady that was like my godmother yeah. said, "Hey, I want you to fill out all the paperwork. So if you ever want to come back." with your other kids and your husband, fill out the paperwork for her nice. being a U.S. citizen yeah. you know, that you want to get possible residence. So she's like, oh, no. And she's like, no, go ahead and do it. And, you know, bless her. She she passed away a couple of years after that. But mm -hmm. my mom always, you know, we had, there was four of us at the time before my fifth you know, brother. And my mom wanted to come back to the States, knew yep. that even though we had you know, my dad had a great career. She had a great career. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the expenses for education and just the, the life, that she really wanted for us. She felt like the U S was going to be for her. And, okay. and my parents, uh, she filled out all the paperwork, did all that. And, 
They sold everything and left their, wow. you know, their parents, their cousins, everything. We huh. packed up and left. Um, and my, you know, my parents with nothing. They knew no one. They had, you know, I had, wow. uh, I had like a cousin or something in New York, but they lived yeah. in Miami. My mom had her, <laughs> her, um, one of her brothers lived in Miami, but he had a family and stuff, but it was, you know, just us, uh, you right. know, the two, my mom was pregnant with my brother oh my goodness. Uh, and, and my dad. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, my dad did whatever he had to do and he had yep. to get jobs he wasn't happy with. And yep. he pretty much never really had the career that he had in Colombia. Yeah. But he did it for all, for us. But the, right. the thing with him is that he was always, he was always thinking of, of ways that when, when he started making money, you know, my mom was like, I want to buy a house. I want to get a house. I want to get out. He's like, okay. And, um, he's like, Nope, we got enough in the way to buy this town home. This was in North Carolina to buy this townhome. She's like, no, I want a house. I want to. He's like, nope, we're going to do it this way. Because mm-hmm. he says it's a good deal. It's a good value. Bought it. You know, they stayed there. And then as, you know, the, the community started going, he started buying those townhomes a little bit at a time. All right. And then, you know, my mom, you know, she had a good job. She did get a good job here and everything. They, um, my dad always was investing. So he had, I see. Uh, then we had like three, three townhomes. And okay. He, um, he says he regrets one of his guy friends that he used to work out at the gym because my yeah. dad really always works out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a guy was like, this was early, like 82, 80. Man, there's this thing, cell phone. You're going to be able to have your own phone in your pocket. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting into that and and this and that. And he's like, you know, we're, they're looking for investors and, and stuff like that. And, and um, it's like, no, they because you didn't uh, know technology. Like, yeah, of course. Like, no. Go that'll go by and like, ah, what if i had you know done that you know yeah it's kind of like you see people with with facebook and different things like yeah that. right right, right. He's like, oh but um but real estate he always knew was kind of his way uh, of doing that and he just i love it you know, they, they, what they did was instead of selling and stepping up to know they yeah. kept it and stepped okay up. kept it I and see. stepped up so they got their dream home and so I just saw that that hustle in my dad. My dad, yeah, of course. Um, you know, he sold Electrolux on his time off. Uh, my mom sold Avon. I mean, we Man. did you know stuff because my dad always knew he wanted better, right? Yeah, of course. The freedom to not Kept be pushing. stuck in a job. He had the job because of the insurance and everything. Right. But he always had side gigs and side yes. you know, things to do. So wow, I, kind of, I guess got that from him. And absolutely, you know. Um, it just evolved from there, you know, as far as with me, I always, even though I always worked, you know, for people when I was, I always would do side hustles, you know, I'd babysat, I, you know, I took over the newspaper route in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I waited till the guy knew he was getting old. I'm like, Hey, when you give the job, let me have it. You know, <laughs> and stuff. So, um, you know, for me, money was always like, you know, use it. My dad was very big on not buying all the name brand stuff. He, yep. you know, just, you know, but sometimes he was, you know, now as he's getting older, you know, he's kind of uptight about stuff like all these new stuff. I buy him he still wears old stuff. It's like, oh, it drives me <laughs> insane. But I, that's just, you know, that's how his mom was. Yeah, he's wired that way. And right. Stuff. And so, um, you know, for us, money was like a vehicle to get us to, to get into real estate, to get out of the okay. yes. money wasn't go out and buy the fancy car. Buy right. The fancy watch. No, yeah. No. There are bigger, his biggest thing was having a home that you wanted, a nice home. Mm. That was his biggest thing. But like he that. felt that, you know, my mom, you know, wanted to buy the, to, to make this big dream home of hers. And, right. and he gave into that, even though what he wanted was to, <laughs> 
put everything and start traveling the world and yeah. live in like a, you know, and like, you know, now there's this really nice mall in, in Charlotte that, you know, you live above and then they had all the nice restaurants. That's what yes. he wanted to do. Okay. Time. Yeah. She didn't want to, they built the <laughs> house. And then unfortunately after, after what she lived in, you know, she got sick and was not able to enjoy it the way she wanted to. Yeah. So, um, it kind of sucks, but for, again, they, they use money as a kind of vehicle uh, for that. And, and, you know, my mom, when they first moved, got made the mistake of getting all the department store credit cards and yeah, that's all the fancy clothes and <laughs> stuff. And right. my dad learned, got that and never again. So, <laughs> right. But that's yeah, an amazing, yeah. like such a, an amazing frame of reference to have, like, the, like more than just like how they utilized money, but just like the mindset too, of like always pushing for more, always kind of expanding the comfort zone, learning more and just like, and then really putting like having like skin in the game and really trying and doing it and getting, yeah. I'm sure learning so many lessons. More skin in the game than, than picking up and leaving. A right. You don't have a, my goodness. I have no experience. Look at, you know, we, we worry about moving from city to city. Talk yeah. About- right. Them with four kids and another one on the way, all oh, under the age geez. of what, 16? And, um, you know, no, they didn't speak the language. They didn't have anything. Uh, my just, goodness. Just the money they, they had saved up from selling everything they owned. And, and yeah, that's where the entrepreneur spirit you know, comes yeah, from. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. It's a different level because they did come to get jobs and stuff. But of course, I, I, I still feel like that's somewhat of a like a boss entrepreneur. Yes, a hundred percent. I think like you know that the like defining an entrepreneur like the because I look at it like sometimes like the basic like dictionary definition is someone that like owns or operates a business or multiple businesses and does it in like a way where like you're more exposed, you're at more financial risk, right? Like that's the basic kind of like dictionary definition. But the way I've always viewed it, the way that I've defined it is like. An entrepreneur is truly somebody that like creates and builds like their own reality, like the vision that they have in their head. And that's what they're like always working after. And that could like, cause sometimes not all business owners are entrepreneurs. Like sometimes like a CEO might just be an employee. It could be a lifelong employee. It doesn't necessarily make them a business owner. So I think like, cause entrepreneurs can be comics and artists and musicians and like all those people. So it's more than just like they're independently, they, they're yes. independently, they don't work for anybody. They, that's it. They got to hustle for whatever. You that's know, it. They get and, yep, it's yep. your mindset. It's like the life that you live. It's the way that you're sort of built. And I, yeah, I mean, like that's the way that I've always looked at it too. So that's really cool. And I think the other thing that I want to touch on there is sort of the idea of like using money to continue to put it into places that are going to earn you more money. Like, I think the big thing that I learned about money is like, how much it's tied to and close to almost like energy and how energetic it can be. And that money likes to be social. It likes to be out. Like if you construct it and like try to hold on to it and you don't do anything with it, then like you sort of let it die in your bank account. But like the, you're just like almost going against like the nature and laws of how money works and the way that it works. And I think we also have a very like scarce mindset around money that like there's, it's being created nonstop. It's being printed nonstop. There's an insane, um, too much money for us to even understand what's right, out there right. right now. So to think that like, it's never going to be enough or it's not going to be enough. Cause that's the way that I grew up with it. Like always kind of felt tight with it, was afraid to sort of do anything with it. And then, you know, being younger and like, I sort of, I think sort of just like pushing myself and realizing that like, I was very clear on the outcome that I wanted. And I knew that in order for me to do that, I had to make certain things and like, I just was okay with like the risk, I think being a little bit younger and like, you know, spending 10 grand on a coaching program to learn certain skills. And I realized very quickly that it brought me more money over time. I wasn't always super clear on like how that was going to happen. And I know you've gone through that too. And like, we talk about that a little bit, like what it's been like for you to like invest in learning to grow your business. Like how, 
difficult is that for you? Like, have you had issues with just like, Oh no. I mean, like last year, um, because I did have an astronomical year, I invested in, uh, see, probably close to $70,000 in goodness gracious and coaching. And, and I remember talking to you about this. Yes. Like I knew you were Myron, going through it. Myron Golden, Myron, yes. I remember that mentors, one. And, yep. um, you know, just a lot of different systems that I put into place. I've got, yes. you know, we've got a team of, I've uh, got a team of uh, about 16 people full-time between graphics and, and people that help me process. So that's been an investment in itself. And, right. uh, you know, a lot of the framework. And now I'm actually, um, this is going to be the the pivotal point for us is I'm actually going to be um, working, uh, as you know, the future is, is everybody, you know, I I don't know, I know you're a ClickFunnels guy, but I was at the Mm -hmm. event this year. And and one of the things that that, uh, Russell said was that somebody had said, if you don't have a continuity or membership program, you don't have a business. Interesting. And what, what continuity or membership is your Netflix, right? You think about it, your fitness, everything, literally we have just about everything that we do has some sort of continuity. Yeah. That's the model. Now you got Instacart, you got all the door, you pay for something that you already got to pay for them for the grocery. (laughs) Right. Then you're paying a fee for the convenience. Then you're paying them to come deliver it to you. And you it's like Amazon Prime. You pay an annual fee to have the convenience of this app. Yes. Right. So you know, as in going through that, that, that event and uh, some things I've, I've had a lot of issues with my hip. Um, very, it's very hard for me to walk and oh, um, having some issues uh, with that and, and, yeah. you know, getting that worked on, but I didn't want to have surgery. So I'm doing some stem cell stuff, okay. but needless to say, um, <laughs> I uh, have been working on for a couple of years, not knowing how to put it together, kind of the idea of, of like, we said the statement closing date as opposed to the due date yeah. is to somehow have an app that you can, you know, lo- you know, intertwine your, whether it be your identity IQ or your Navy Fed, whatever your credit card companies is. And they're going to tell you, they're going to give you an alarm three days before the statement closing mm. day. Beep, beep, beep. So you make the payment and I see. Um, then also be where it's an app to help you build, work on your personal credit You'll have different, you know, you'll have one that if you just want to do work on your personal credit, yep. maybe you want to build your business credit. Maybe you want to, uh, you know, uh, get registered for minority owned business. Mm-hmm. So basically have an all like a platform software as a service or platform as a service yes. where it's like an all in one place and offer it like a continuity monthly membership. Okay. I like this. So, um, and that's, that's kind of where uh, I'm heading with that. All um, right. I love it. So uh, believe Knowing you, not, I'm sure you're going to knock it out of the park. You're going to crush it like yeah, you usually do. Yeah, I'm do. excited. I'm excited because, you know, I was a member of the, uh, you know, I joined, the, I paid for the two comma club thing last year. And okay. one of my daughters had a traumatic brain injury and oh, she no. for like four months. This oh year. my goodness. I kind of, my whole business Jeez. stopped, but again, with the system and processes and my relationship with my, you know, one of my other uh, partner with the white label, you yeah. know, it was great. I didn't miss a beat or anything my like goodness. that. Or, wow. Um, so needless to say, I, I didn't, I was not able to complete my, the two comma club thing. And so I right. literally 30 grand down the drain thrown. And so I had emailed them, Hey, you know, if I could get a couple months extra, I just need yeah. you know, since I already paid it. And, you know, when I went there, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and join for this year. I don't care. I'm going to go ahead and pay it. Even if they're not going to do it or whatever. And you know Marcus Lamones from the Prophet. Yeah, of course, absolutely. So he is—he's speaking, and I had huh. never heard his story before. And yeah, he, 
he's on stage and he brought in a cloth, like a, a rolling with a bunch of clothes. And he said, this is my, my layers of my life. So he had like a dark one where he doesn't want to be bothered, a jacket. Then hmm. he had this yellow, bright sweatsuit that he's like, oh, when I wear this, I feel like I don't care. I take over <laughs> the world. And, you know, he talked about about being sexually abused, you know, twice as a oh, kid. Goodness. Tried to kill himself. I mean, all oh, kinds of crazy goodness. stuff. <laughs> really. And so Jeez. he came into that, whereas like if you have a secret or something, you know, once you let go of that and don't yeah. care about it, it's going to release you from a lot of things. And so he invited wow. Some, some gentlemen up there on the stage and he pretty much when he was walking in the, in the audience, he said, Hey, if you don't look at me, eye contact or paying attention, I'm going to get you. So I was like, Oh, I'm paying attention. <laughs> and my daughter was there and she's paying attention. And then a, a, a partner of mine from our nonprofit was there. And so we're all like paying attention or whatever. And then he brings this lady up on stage and um, like a Russian lady, he says, tell me the secret. And he says, yeah. no, I can't, I can't reveal it. And so he's like, but nobody knows you here or whatever and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he says, well, let me talk to the other guy. So he went and talked to the other guys. Then he came back again to her. Yeah. They revealed theirs. It was pretty cool, traumatic. I mean, just a lot of, you know, a lot of learning and, and things that, have, that what he, what the point was of this. And she said, no, I can't, I can't do it. Oh. So he said, okay, just sit here. Okay, no problem. So then he get off the stage. He mm -hmm. walks past me. And I, again, I'm eye contact and stuff. And then he turns around and he taps me on my shoulder. No way. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> he, said, he said, and because, okay. And I forgot to tell the story. The The first day I was there, I overdid yeah. it with my hip and I couldn't even move. Oh, no. So I thought I was going to have to uh. drive back uh, home because I couldn't even hardly walk. So my daughter's like, just rent one of those scooters. They'll bring it here yeah. to where he's playing, you know. And right. so she found the number. We rented it. They, okay. they it. So I was riding one of those scooters and I hated it, <laughs> I hated it the whole week. But we were treated like rock stars. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was great. But I hated it. I felt uncomfortable. I felt like, you know, I'm not in the greatest shape of my life. It's because I'm probably thinking all these people already think I'm lazy or, you know, whatever. But I'm like, you know what? I'm here. I need to learn. I'm yeah. These, my kids, for my Jackie. family, whatever. Yep. And so he taps me on the shoulder. He says, you feel uncomfortable in, in this uh, mode of transportation you're in, don't you? And I said, yeah. He says, why is that? I said, well, you know, I used to run. Um, active person. And I said, but you know, life happened and, and now I'm have bad hip. I've got yeah. this and, and all these issues. And I mean, I, by then I was like bawling, crying, just, you know, uh, you know, he said, but, but you said something, you stayed, he said on the first day you could have gone home. Yes. You could have not even bothered to come because you've been dealing with your other daughter, you know, dealing with the, the she almost passed away. Yeah. So he, he's like, you could have stayed home. You could have made every excuse to stay home. Uh, but you did because you felt like you, what you were coming here was mm. more than just you as for whether it be your family, the people you help, whatever the case may be. And yes, me what I did, I told him, he said, okay, said, um, Russell, can you come down here? He gets in. So he, Russell Brunson, he comes out. I'm like, well, geez, what's going on? <laughs> said, okay, Russell, can you mentor her, do a, a, like a mentor session with her for half an hour he says, well, what, 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 do you, what is in it or whatever? What's in it for you? He's like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sponsor her for the next three years in the two comic club program. So that's what? Like, yeah. Yep. Check. And, and, oh, so goodness. He, and then uh, Russell was like, yeah, uh, he says, well, this is crazy. And he said that she gives me a hug. So I gave him a hug and then he took a picture and wow, uh, so I haven't taken it. Um, 
taking the the mentorship yeah yeah, yeah. half an hour because i want to make sure i have everything of course I take that, you know absolutely yeah so it's 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 pretty My crazy goodness we have to to build this platform now with this opportunity wow and i mean to go to russell who like has basically like the fastest growing SaaS product ever in the history yeah, of ever yeah exactly oh my goodness jackie this is so then, right insane. but before when this happened i didn't think I, when this was happening that day it wasn't i was like oh my god what am i gonna do but then as yeah. i got home i i you know i emailed them and i thanked them for the opportunity blah 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 everything right right and so as i was going i was thinking wait a minute this is exactly what I want. This is the software, the platform as a service. Yeah. Yes. This is what I need the, the help with because I kind of have it because I have, I created one within the, the um, ClickFunnels, a membership site. And I've got right. one, something similar to, but it doesn't have all the interactive pieces that I would need. Yes. On an app, right? right, 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 right. So, um, so yeah, so that's the key. And, and now we're looking at, um, we already, we put it out there. We needed looking for some investors. We've had some, but we're, Kind of stepping back to see what what we want to make sure we keep as much of it in house, mm-hmm, of you course. Know, like you know, bootstrap it like like uh, Russell has. Yep. But we still need uh, a little bit, and and we've have a lot of clients that are always saying, "Hey, when you guys are going to do something together, need you know, we want to invest." Right. So we're we're looking at strategically probably getting you know maybe five or ten people. That, that'll do you know like 50 to 100 a piece and okay um, me I'm, I'm i'm tight i'm i always have you know i'm always looking for the, <laughs> you know, the best at the best prices so yes um and i kind of know what i'm looking for and i have a great uh guy that does really good with my funnel so i'm looking to probably put a team together hopefully in the next month or two because i want to have something released by would love to have something by march sometime or okay April, the latest. okay my goodness, that is an, an insane story, Jackie. Yeah, is. That is so amazing. It's like some out of you know, it's like you see some out of TV or something. Yeah, it's absolutely. Been a, it's been a very rough testing year, personally. Of course, with, with my health and with my daughter and absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, it's been a you know, and so to see it, it's like, uh, Gosh. you know, that's what he said. He said that's what leaders do. Leaders do things that they might be suffering personally, but they go out to do what they need to do and. Damn. Says, that's why I want to do this. And he, you know, I kept saying for my family and the people I help, he said, no, I'm doing wow. this for you. I'm not doing it for anybody. <laughs> I said, okay. Okay. I'll make sure. But yeah. So yeah, cool. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, pretty excited about that. And goodness, I mean, yeah. what an amazing, inspiring story. I mean, just all of this, this is so, I mean, for me, like, I feel just so like lucky to even like, just be around you to hear about it, to learn from you. But anybody else that gets to listen to this and hear about the story too, like I think it's a real, it's a real testament to exactly what you said. Like there are, I think like sometimes, especially me still being young, like I have this sometimes like romantic vision of business mm-hmm. that like once I solve this, then like my problems are gonna go away, right? Yeah. And like everything's gonna be easy. But man, does life continue to kind of throw you for loops? Everybody has a plan to get punched in the mouth, sort of in a sense, like. That's just, but like, I think the resiliency that you have, your like tenacity to continue to push forward into like that takes real, when you are called to almost like a bigger vision or mission than like yourself. And that's, that's exactly what I feel. And that's where I felt like I was, you know, like, like I said, you know, I'm like, that I'm almost going to be in a thousand clients. I'm like, how can I help 10,000 people? Because I'm going to be, I'm, I, there's only me. So that's why people say, well, why do you teach people? It's like, because there's only one of me and, and one of her or one of the people, you know, right. we need more people to, to get this voice out there to yes. let people know, stop using all your money, learn how to leverage credit. Yeah. Do all learn the game. 
So we have to, to be able to tell the young people, the, the people that are, you know, in their thirties or, or miserable at a job and that sort of thing. And so, you know, it's like, what can I do in the next 24 to 48 months where I can help 10,000 people? Wow, that that 10,000 wow. number has been like in my head. And mm-hmm. I'm like, about literally the only way to do that is to be able to have some sort of software or platform yes. as a service. Yes. Humanly, physically, for me to be able to touch, it's, it's impossible, right? Impossible. And so, but if I build the platform the way it is, having, you know, five, 10,000 people is not impossible at all. Wow. So this is like so interesting for me, just still being young as an entrepreneur, because that's the big thing that I have sort of like butted up against is that wall of being like, how can I systematize or productize almost like a service that allows me to like duplicate it and have a little bit more leverage rather than me always being one-to-one? Because I think one-to-one is so valuable, especially when you're just getting started out. But like it's so get, important. You get to the point where it's like, oh, like me, I'm, I'm at that point, especially after dealing with, you know, a, a lot of stuff with my daughter and stuff. It's like, you know, when people would ask me something dumb and I'm like, you know, my, my daughter is literally dying and I'm sitting here answering <laughs> this question that, that uh, I really just want to just, oh, you yeah, know, right, right. And, and so, wow, you know, I, I've gotten where it's like, oh, the one-on-one stuff for me, I'm still going to do it at a higher level. Of course. Right? Absolutely. Continue to elevate some larger, you know, masterminds or yes. events and, 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 you know, maybe teach for a couple of days where it's like, Hey, you come in, I teach you for two days and See you later, bye. But the right. stuff of, of hey, how's my, you know, how's everything going? I'm I'm trying to move that to, to other project managers to do that because I just don't want to talk to people on a day to the same stuff, the mundane stuff that that it, I feel bad because it's mundane to me. It's not mundane to them. Yeah. But I feel like I'm not being of service to to what I need to do. Yes. And to what I'm called to do to what they need to do. Right. And I think you need to lean into that as much as possible. Like okay. you have to listen to that and your voice and understand it and like play your game and live your life. Like it only needs to really translate and make sense to you. And I think what's important about that too, is like, it's easy. I wouldn't use, maybe use the word easy, but like, cause I mean, you know, like my story of I've ran into some issues, you know, like some errors or some, you know, things that have, you know, caused me to like rethink sort of what's happened in business. And I've had to pivot and make certain decisions. But I think when you are met with things like that, when you are tied to something that is much bigger than yourself, it makes it a lot easier. Just like, like, I don't have any other choice. I don't have any other reason. Like it's out of a necessity, out of a need. Like I'm just going to continue to push forward. And I think those are usually in those moments is where you find like your biggest, like there's always an opportunity when right. it feels like things are falling at all, at all, at all your different angles. There's always that opportunity there. It's like the biggest learning lessons are always coming out of that. Yeah. And and right now, like, like I said, it, it, that's one of the things I wanted to make sure we address is, is credit right now. Is, it's like the wild, wild west. Yeah. With the economy kind of shifting. So right. uh, credit card companies are lowering credit limits. Uh, they're underwriting. Things are, are changing mm-hmm. on the per, on the business side. You've got some that, that it, they were like lows used to be no PG. You have to PG or they won't even you can't do it. Yep. Um, net, um, Amazon just pulled. Um, they used to they have a net 55. Mm-hmm. January 1st, it goes away. They only have oh. net 30 and then your regular Whoa. credit card. All right. I mean, um, Sheesh. just a lot of stuff like that. So yeah, things are shifting, um, you know, and that's what, because people are like, well, we're, you didn't tell us this when we, I'm like, if I knew this <laughs> and I knew this, guess what? I would not be talking to you. <laughs> I would not be talking to you. Cause I'd be already willing to the water this plan. Okay. I would not be talking, to you. <laughs> you know? And so, 
Um, that's the thing with when when you're getting in with credit and, and business credit and things like that is you always got to understand that at any time they can pull the rug from under you. So mm. that's why, like we were talking about keeping some of that cash flow going. Yeah. Too. Always if you use all your cash. And then you, you've got to, uh, you know, you, let's say you're in trucking, you use all your cash and your truck breaks down and, and you don't have a credit card to pay, you know, lots yeah. of just, just spiral. Yeah. Real, real quick. My goodness. There are so many amazing lessons in this, Jackie. This is so, so like, again, thank you so much for jumping on. This is oh, amazing no for me. Such a cool, like your story from beginning to end, like where you're at right now and the vision that you still have and what you're pushing to do. It's a joy for me to get to witness it and to watch yeah. it. I know like, you know, we, I want to connect again in like, you know, a couple months just to hear where things are going, hear where you're at. This is so, so cool. If anybody is like, are you currently taking on clients right now? Are you currently we working do. with people? I'm always, always taking on clients. I have a okay. team. And so we, you know, um, the, the best place to, to probably reach me is either on Facebook yep. as Jackie A. Posada. Yep. Or um, you can text me, call me. And this, um, my cell phone is 980-280-5918. Perfect. Um, those are pr probably the best. I have a website. I, I forgot to even ask my, I hardly ever use that because you know, <laughs> probably 99% of my business is, is just word of mouth referrals. Yeah. Uh, which is a blessing that I don't have to worry about that, you know. It's but, a testament to you and yep, your service yep. and how good so, you are. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, cool. so that's, that's the best place. All right, yeah. Jackie. Thank you so, so much for jumping on. I really, really appreciate your time. Oh my goodness. This was such a valuable episode. Um, to everybody listening, make sure you guys like and subscribe on YouTube. Give us a review on Spotify and the different podcasting platforms. To all my builders out there, I salute you. Jackie, thank you again. Thank you. See you guys in the next episode. Take care.